0: Welcome to the Nail episode number 39. We are recording on Monday night, a busy Major League Baseball trading deadline, uh, most active since at least 1995, according to the MLB offices. And uh, the Indians were at the center of a lot of the action. Andrew Miller and Brandon Geyer are in, Jonathan Lucroy is not, and Juan Uribe and his immaculate gold shoes are gone. So, Trev, uh, putting it all together, how do you feel about uh, what the Indians were able to accomplish here um, with that roster over the last few days?
1: Um, Not as good as I felt uh, Sunday morning when it looked like they were getting Lucroy and Miller. So uh, he vetoed a trade. He had, what, seven or eight teams, I think, on his no-trade list. For whatever reason, he decided the Indians were one of those teams. Um, I'm not sure what he really looked to gain by it, By vetoing the trade. I have a feeling Milwaukee, I haven't I don't know the prospects that well. So uh admittedly, I don't I'm assuming that Milwaukee probably got a little bit less than the Indians were gonna offer. Um but yeah, he uh for whatever reason didn't want to play for the Indians. It sounded like it was more just a power play. He wanted to see if he could parlay it into more money. Um and then at some point today it probably dawned on him, well shit, I can only really block that for eight teams. Can't really pull that move with anyone else, um, and he got shipped off to Texas, who seemed to be the uh, the big winners of the day.
0: Yeah, the uh, the trade that they ended up pulling off with the Brewers, I don't think it can necessarily be compared apples for apples with what the Indians were offering, just because the uh, the Rangers also got one of the uh, relievers that the Brewers had as well. So it was not, whereas the Indians trade was, for, was just going to be for Lucroy. This one also included one of those relievers that uh, had actually been rumored to be in the mix uh, for one of the uh, relievers that the Indians would be considering adding. So um, as for Lucroy and, and why he decided to veto the trade to the Indians, there's been a couple of theories that I've seen floated, and I don't think we're ever going to know 100% sh- for sure why. But um, the one theory was that uh, he wanted the Indians to waive his club option for next year so that he could be a free agent after this year because he's his contract right now for both this year he's and underpaid. That, and that club option for next year, he's underpaid by like a 10 lot. million a year. Right. he's getting like lot. four and a half to five million a year with the, uh, the raise for next year. And, and he's worth about 15 compared when you you know compare him to comparable players on the market. Um, the but that's where, was, that's where
1: a ton of his value was. Like that was a lot of the value in any team trading for him. No right, one was going to get rid of that. The
0: Indians were never going to agree to that because all the prospects that they were giving up were were based on the notion that they were getting Lucroy
1: a really good value on for a two, two years, year. right.
0: so not just one. Right. The other theory, and this one, I I don't know. I, I actually kind of give this one a little bit more credence is that um, he was looking at the Indians roster and he knew that he'd be catching for pretty much the rest of this year just given the Jan Gomes injury. But the Indians have got money tied up in Gomes for the next several years and um, they're going to have an opening most likely at first base next year and Lucre could play over there. And the thinking is, and I think what he might have been afraid of, was that, okay, he catches the rest of this year, but he gets moved to first base next year. And the numbers that he puts up, you're looking at a guy that's batting about 300 and is going to end up hitting about 20 home runs. Those are exceptional for a catcher. They're good for a first baseman. So the value that he'd have on the free agent market after 2017 as a first baseman is not nearly what it would be if he's putting up those numbers as a catcher. So
1: Gomes, Gomes contract though is tiny. It's like six years, like 20 million. It's not like, right. But it's not like it'd be really that tough to cut bait and, you know, go with a guy who's a much, obviously a much more effective offensive player. Maybe not quite as good defensively as Gomes, but I don't know. I feel like a bit of Gomes, uh, defensive reputation is a little higher than it maybe should be. But, um, as far as like, the investment in Gomes is not really that big. It's
0: not, but and the thing that's kind of weird is, I mean, if you look at it now, this is a second straight year where he has not been particularly great, and right. I mean this year especially, and and the injuries are obviously compounding matters. But um, you know, I I think they do view him as as part of their their long term core, and and the fact that you have him under contract for longer than you'd have a uh, Lucroy under contract for cuz i mean you know it's it's a pretty safe bet that he'd be gone after next year either way so i mean Gomes will still be here for for the two years after that at least i think so um i guess they view him as more of a long term solution either way I, the whole thing is just kind of uh, a little frustrating i guess just in terms of the fact that Lucroy came out i think it was 3 weeks ago today and he was talking with one of the national baseball writers and specifically said, I want to play for a championship. I want to play on a contender. Um, and whether that's here in Milwaukee, great. If not, so be it. And
1: well, he, he actually, actually, the quote I saw, he pretty much flat out said, he knows that that isn't Milwaukee. Right. He said he so, doesn't see the that it's point feasible was, in Milwaukee in the near future. But yeah, he, he, he was seemed going to very-
0: over the top in, in saying and in going on the record and saying that he wants to play for a contender. And you know what? Ultimately, it worked out for him that way that he ended up in Texas. And, and they're absolutely in the mix as well. But I mean, at the point of the time when that trade. With the Indians and the Brewers was agreed upon. The Indians had the best record in the American League, and they got the best pitching staff in the American League. And all five of those starters are under contract for another two years after this one. So, I mean, it yeah, just for a guy who, who went
1: over the top saying, "I really want to play for a winner, I want to play in a World Series," he didn't handle himself like a guy that wanted to win games on. No, Sunday. I,
0: that's, a, that's a terrible look, and and I mean, I, I will say this: I, I give a lot of credit to uh, the fan base here in Cleveland because you know, it was one of those things I was just thinking about how I always wondered, like how would winning a championship change the mindset of the city? And I think this was our first real taste of that because I could just absolutely envision a scenario. Had this happened not following a Cavs championship um, and we're still in, in that God awful title drought where you could have people saying like, you know, oh, we're so close to winning a title with this team. We got a contender. This guy can put us over the top. And, you know, he's playing for this bad team in Milwaukee. He's got a chance to come to a contender and he vetoes the trade. You know, the the what's the timeless phrase? Only in Cleveland would somebody veto a, a chance to come play for a contender like that. Right. And instead the reaction that I saw from everybody that, that I've talked to and, and everybody that I follow online and everything else. The the overwhelming reaction was "f that guy."
1: Like if he, if he doesn't want to be here, we don't want him. Right? It's like and you know what? We got a great that's thing easy going to make that easy here. We're a but damn good team, and we
0: feel good about it. And if you don't want to be part of it, you know what? Kiss our ass. We, we'll move on to the next one. So uh,
1: I I respect the uh, the hubris, but at the end of the day, as, as nice as that is to say, at the end of the day, we still have a pretty big hole at catcher um, that that uh, hasn't been filled and doesn't look like it's going to be filled this year. Um, I think our uh, our former guest, Mr. Derry said uh, on Twitter, and I think he, he pretty much nailed it. What it comes down to is uh, Roberto Perez has to start, has to get his head out of his ass. Um, he got brought back a little bit earlier than they probably would have liked um, after the Gomes injury, but he's got to start playing like the guy we saw last year. Yeah, um,
0: it's hard because he's coming
1: off a pretty,
0: serious injury of his own. He was out for a long time and right. It's just that's really hard to,
1: to it's a tough just... position, but it's really they need it. I mean they need it bad. It would give them a huge boost if they could get that. Obviously, I mean there's still it's not like they're out of it. It's not like he's the only uh their only, you know, recipe for success. But I mean man, it's it's frustrating when you know that when that guy comes up, it's pretty much an out. Not Perez, but the catcher in general. Seems like whenever he comes up, you know it's it's not going to go good.
0: It is, and I mean, you you think maybe I don't know? Can they find somebody at the uh, at the the secondary trade deadline here? what is, what is this the the waiver uh, approved trade deadline? I guess you got to get a guy yeah. through waivers to get a trade done by the end of August. So I, I got to figure there's got to be somebody in that secondary market who. Maybe can provide them a boost somewhere, but um, good news is they they uh, they certainly didn't um, you know just shrug their shoulders and throw their hands up for the air when when that whole thing unraveled with Lucroy. Uh, um, they got a phenomenal re- uh, reliever in Andrew Miller. Now you texted me something yesterday that um, you were not as in on on that trade once the Lucroy one fell apart. Um, do you still feel that way? And if so, I, am curious to know what your thought process uh, is there.
1: Um, I'm, 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 I'm honestly not hundred percent sure if my lack of excitement is tied to the fact that the Luke Roy deal didn't go through. Um, I'm not totally sure. <laughs> I think it's one of those things. I got a couple things in my head and I'm not sure how one is tied to the other. Um, I was very excited when they were getting both when I found out they were getting just Andrew Miller. um, I was a little disappointed then that they gave up Frazier for him. Um, Who knows, I guess time will tell. And I probably I probably uh, cheered up a little bit on the subject, I guess, Um, because that bullpen obviously uh, looks a lot better than it did. And with uh, the pitching staff that we have we're sort of in an, a situation where if you can get to if you can get through six uh, even seven innings with a lead um, you got a pretty damn good chance to win a game now which I don't know that we felt as confident with that before um, Obviously we didn't feel as confident as we do now that we have Miller but um, I'm probably, Higher than I was after the Loucroy thing, but uh, but not quite as high as I was when I thought Loucroy was coming here. Obviously, which may, which is probably
0: yeah. I think it just kind sense, of took I the wind. It took the wind out of our sails a little bit. When yeah, it sort of felt like we were
1: doing both. But
0: yeah, but I mean, if that wasn't on the table, being able to go out and get really, I think the the best reliever on the market. That's uh, that's a pretty bold move for the Indians, and and the fact that they're willing to part with with Clint Frazier, I think was, uh, that was a big step for them. And, and something that I don't know that they would have done in years past. So I give them a lot of credit for doing that. Um, you know, when we were talking last week and just kind of assessing what their needs were and, and what the priority should be. And I know I had said, you know, I think we had kind of come to the agreement. It was a catcher, a bat, and a reliever. And and I felt like going after, Luke Croy would, kind of solve two of those problems. You'd turn your biggest uh, weakness in your lineup into your, one of your biggest strengths um, by making that dramatic of an improvement at catcher. But um, make no mistake about it, their bullpen really needed some help. And I, I was of the opinion and the thought process, like, okay, if you're going to go after one, you, you get the the hitter, the catcher, and then you can kind of fill in with a, a second-tier Reliever in that setup role, and they kind of did the reverse. They they went and got the elite reliever um, to really improve the bullpen dramatically, and then went and filled in the uh, the lineup there with a kind of a second tier player with um, uh, oh. geyer the uh, the outfielder that's going to be coming in. They made that trade this afternoon, so I really like the way this whole thing shook out. Um, I, I I feel like I know it's disappointing with Lucroy, but uh, Miller. Uh, oh. He, um, you know, it's like I'm saying here, he just really fills a, a need that they had. Um, I think just chemistry wise, he's saying all the right things. He seems like he's got his head in the right place. And, and just from the outside looking in, seems like the kind of guy that's got the makeup that'll fit in really well with this team. You know, the other thing that's really great is he's going to be signed for another two years after this. So if you're going to give up uh, one of the top two or three prospects in your system, knowing that you're getting an elite back of the bullpen type guy who's going to be under contract at a pretty manageable number for the uh, next few years. That's really, really uh, nice.
1: Yeah. I I was positive on Miller before he uh, came the day, pitched a third of an inning, gave up one home run. Um, And the tribe's getting slaughtered right now by the twins, by the way, 11 to three. So Uh, Salazar had a rough day. Uh, sort of the uh, I think I'm not sure what the what do you think the overall tone is of the team right now you think they're excited about Miller or do you think they're sort of feeling some of that disappointment I guess I don't I don't know that the team pays as much attention not necessarily pays as much attention but I don't think they'll get as emotionally invested in these things as a fan would but do you think the sort of uh, I don't know drama that's unfolded will impact the team or or no? Um, you know, I think... I mean, one it's, th- one, it's one game, so I'm not freaking out because Salazar had a bad outing and, you know, they got clobbered today. But overall, I wonder if there's any lingering uh, lingering issues there. You
0: know, in, in terms of lingering issues, I, actually the one thing, even though he hasn't been playing particularly great, um, Wanyaribe getting designated for assignment, I, I know he's had a really uh, great... Um, impact on the clubhouse they've
1: and liked him in the clubhouse a lot he a, yeah,
0: yeah he's a very popular guy in the team and it seemed like um jose ramirez in particular those guys were were pretty close and you know ramirez has had a taken a big big step up this year so uh, it's going to really be on him to kind of hold down third base now with with your rebake on so um I think that it'll be interesting to see where he goes. You know, as for Salazar, yeah, it's it's a bad start tonight. But what's kind of troubling to me is it's not just tonight. I mean, if you look at his numbers over his last uh, three or four starts, it's been really rough. I mean, he's got an ERA of around eight now. And I know there was uh, around the all-star break, they had pushed back one of his starts a few days because he was kind of uh, needing a little bit extra rest then because he was start already starting to go into a funk. And then um, – it's been just as bad if not worse since then and uh saw i can't remember uh, one of the uh guys that covers the team and uh, shared a chart a couple hours ago um right around the time that salazar got hooked from the game tonight and it just kind of shows like what his average velocity was on his fastball over his last like eight starts and it's been like progressively uh dropping every single time out so um definitely kind of a I'm not going to go into a full-blown panic but I would certainly say it's something to keep an eye on with him because he's on a bit of a rough patch right
1: now sure yep I agree and that's that's you know that's with the lineup the way it is it's not it's not a bad lineup I think that's sort of you look at it and no one really knocks your socks off obviously Lindor's had a good season Kipnis is a is a pretty consistent all-star but it's um, there's no one on there that really terrifies you, but they've been scoring a lot of runs. I mean, I think they're at like close to five runs a game, which is pretty respectable. It's I don't a know where they the
0: yeah, It's like one guy,
1: one night, different guy the other night. Right. Except and the catchers. Except for, yeah. Except for the guy behind the plate. <laughs> he just kind of stands back there. Oh God. Don't get me started. Uh, um, but it'll be interesting to see, you know, uh, if that continues, you have to hope it does. And, you know, if, if the catchers or the pitcher, excuse me, does have a rough outing, um, are those guys going to be able to pick him up? Um, I think for the most part, we've sort of had the feeling that they'll get you a few runs, but your pitcher still got to pitch a damn good game um, for the most part. So if Salazar, for whatever reason, if this is a, a lingering thing and it, it lasts the rest of the year, that puts this team in a much different position than we want them to be in.
0: Certainly. Um, Brandon Geyer, the, uh, the outfielder they picked up today, I'll be honest, not a guy I had known a whole lot about, um, really m- much of anything, but I I do see where they're going there. I mean, I-, I think one of the things they've needed is, you know, somebody that can, uh, provide another good bat from the right side of the plate. And he's done very, very well hitting I against guess. left-handed pitching. So, yeah,
1: so he'll play those, those games against lefties when, um, when Tito would prefer to sit, uh, Naquin, I think, and that's that's fairly predictable. He's going to be a platoon guy. He's not going to play every day, but um, he'll fill in for Naquin and Chisenhall is needed, I think, and that's
0: yeah. I mean, you basically, got for it. it's, not a, what? it's not it's like,
1: not a big splash, but
0: five or six guys that can play the outfield now, and, and all could be seeing time out there. I mean, you got Rajai Davis and and Naquin and Chisenhall and. um, and and on down the list there, so I, I think it's going to be a lot of mix and match, a uh, lot lot of different options there. Uh, outside of Cleveland, um, seems like Texas.
1: Texas is the big winner. Yeah. Big
0: winner here because they got Beltran as well, and and yep. that was a guy that it sounded like the Indians are right down to the wire, um, almost uh, maybe got could have gotten him as well. So very first. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So they they're looking like the big winner, but they. St- they didn't add anything in the way of pitching and that's where they really needed help. So um, their lineup's going to be really good, but I don't know that they have anyone that really worries you outside of Cole Hamels. Um, So I guess we'll have to wait and see if, if the Indians were to match up against them, it would kind of be opposite styles, I guess, of play and see which one, you know, which one is able to reign supreme, I suppose. Um, But for the most part, they're going to be, they're going to put up a lot of runs and in all likelihood they'll give up a lot of runs.
0: Are you surprised at just how few big time top of the rotation starting pitchers moved at this trade deadline?
1: Um I don't know. I don't think so. I think a lot of those guys right now um there's not many left that are in like a tradable position. Um you look at the, it seems like most of them they've already got They're big long-term deals. I guess uh, the one guy that looked like he could possibly get moved was Chris Sale. Um, But I don't know. I think he's under contract still for a couple years. They still got control of him. Most of those guys, I mean, they're just not incredibly appealing trade targets. So not really, I guess. Um, Usually you see one guy, but and there was a couple names thrown around, but None of them really seem to have any traction building up to it, so I guess I'm not surprised because of that.
0: just didn't seem like the, the numbers lined up for those yeah, guys to be. Just,
1: yeah, the stars didn't align this year for it. It was a lot of bats and a couple of relievers. But...
0: It just seems like in a lot of the previous years, it's there's been like that one big fish on the market, whether it was like a John Lester or CC Sabathia or Cliff Lee. Uh, Randy Johnson's gotten moved at the trade deadline back in the those day. Those guys
1: usually seem to be like, like rentals though when that happens right like they have a year left maybe on a contract yeah contract. nobody look, was really in
0: the it position seems like
1: all that. those right all those big name guys they've got three or four years left on their contracts for the most part so i mean i have to go look and i'm sure there's a couple out there that would have been decent uh decent options but um it just didn't align because most of the the teams that you know are out of it and looking to sell don't have those guys it's just I, – I, I'd have to go look at the standings and look at all the rosters and everything, but that's just sort of the vibe I got when I was looking at. It. None of the names really popped out at me as guys that would have been good uh, good trade targets. All
0: right. So let me ask you this, just getting back to the Indians and, and their position and where they're at and the way they handled this deadline. I mean, I think this was really the first time they were truly all in as buyers um, in several years. Uh, yeah. Yeah disappointment with Lucroy aside are you um how are you feeling about things and, and just the way they handled this deadline
1: well you can't hold Lucroy against them so they were aggressive they chased the guys they that we wanted them to get they did everything they could to get him um outside of you know something i, I honestly think it would have been stupid to if they were to Given and scrap that option here. I think that would have just they would have just been giving up too much at that point if they did go through with that. Um, so I mean, I'd give them a B. They did as much as they could. We wanted them to improve catcher outside of Luke Roy. I don't know that there were any catchers available that would have been a drastic improvement. So and I, off the
0: top of my head, I don't think any others moved. Right?
1: I know that San Diego was trying to move uh um, Derek Norris Derek Norris and they weren't able to and he hasn't been that good this year anyway so that's not it's not really a big move anyways but um no I don't know of any any big names that moved um catcher wise so I mean truthfully I, I think that uh the Guyer move we might turn out to like it a little bit more than we think we will um it might be a little more appealing than it sounds. It's not a big splash move, but he is a guy that kind of fills a good role for them. Um, and they have kind of leaned pretty heavily on sort of the analytics stuff. And he feels a need uh, against lefties that they don't really have anyone right now for. Um, so I got, I got, a, I give him a solid B, maybe even a B plus left we'll to see how the guy thing works out. Um, Assuming Andrew Miller's performance tonight is an aberration, which I think is probably a safe bet because it's you know one third of an inning. <laughs> but for the most part, I'm 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 happy with what they did. Does it make me way more confident in their chances going forward? No, maybe slightly. But um, that's also probably compared to what Texas did because Texas I think made a bigger step forward than the Indians did. Yeah, that's
0: fair. I um, Overall, the one thing I want to say about Geyer is I, I think he does fill a need on the team. and They didn't really give up anything particularly painful. It, it feels like kind of a almost a no-risk type of move. So um, that that's always a, a plus when you can get something like that, even if it's just a, a nominal upgrade over what you had. Um, but just overall, I, I was really happy with the way the Indians approached this. And uh, there, it's just been they could have really have played this, you know, closer to the vest. And um, I know in, in past years, they've been kind of tight with the way they played at the deadline um, and just the way they've, they've handled the trade market at the deadline. And, um and I think a lot of that has been kind of reflected in uh, the level of buying that they've gotten from fans and um, they really went balls to the wall this year. And, and even though the Lucroy thing didn't work out for them, um, they proved they were willing to completely yep. empty the chamber in, in their minor league system for all intents and purposes uh, in order to really make a go of it this year at the major league level and and, and take on salary and, um, and and clear out all those prospects that they always hold on to so tightly. So,
1: Will it um, silence all the uh, Dolans or cheap people? I,
0: I don't know if it'll entirely silence them, and I don't know if you ever can, but... I don't know that they could have made a more compelling yeah. case, realistically, um, with with where they were at. I I think they did absolutely the, everything absolutely everything they could um, to make a real run at it. And had Luke Roy not been a jackass about it, they they would have really have ended up with the top two prizes yep. in all of baseball at this deadline. And I think that would have been phenomenal. So
1: yeah, I mean they 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 put the they put their cards out there and they put themselves in a position to be. I mean, far and away the biggest winner of the trade deadline, mm-hmm. um, and they got the deals done. If not for you know those pesky little uh, the little fine print in those contracts, so yeah, for what uh, for what they could do, um, hard to ask for much more. You know, they they put it all out there. They got uh, they got what they wanted, um, or they tried to get what they wanted. They put enough out there to get what I think we all agree they needed. Just uh, Little, you know, those little wrinkles that complicate things, I guess, that are completely out of their control. So you can't really blame anything on uh, on the front office here.
0: Well, it'll be fun. Now we uh, we we were kind of in that holding pattern for a, a good solid month, just waiting for the chips to fall, and they did, and it was a pretty wild few days, and it was fun. And um, you know, I, they're gonna wake up tomorrow. It looks like uh, up four games in the uh, in the Central. Detroit's been hot. Yeah, Indians have not played particularly well against the Twins, and I think they've got another three games against them the rest of this week. So going to have to uh, tighten up the ship here and, and, and bear down and uh, race to the finish line. It's going to be a good uh, good stretch run here, I think. It's
1: going to be fun, yep, that's for sure. Um, any feeling on who the closer is going to be, or to? you think Tito will do it more uh, by committee?
0: hard to say especially when uh first night when you got all these guys available is um, when, when you're looking at a 12-5 score yeah
1: right when you're getting clobbered but but i don't uh, know personally I, I don't know about you i've sort of thought that the uh that the dedicated like inning role you know this is your seventh inning this is your eighth inning this is your ninth inning guy i've sort of thought that that's kind of antiquated for the most part i feel like you should just play matchups at this point um throw the best guy out there. I mean, and I know that I I think I'm kind of in the minority there. Most, it seems like nobody really does that anymore. Everyone has a dedicated closer. I'm not sure when or why that started exactly. Um, But for the most part, I feel like uh, at least we heard this from Cody Allen. He's willing to pitch whenever they tell him to pitch. So um, hopefully that, you know, everyone in the pen carries that. And I think, Eighth and ninth innings will be reserved for Allen and Miller, whatever order it's in. I don't know that it really matters.
0: Yeah, I think that's pretty safe to say. It's going to shake out that way, and that moves Brian Shaw to the seventh, which that's – um.
1: Hopefully that makes him a little more comfortable because he's been he's been shaky this year.
0: Yeah, he's had some really good stretches uh, for a prolonged stretch, but Just in Knight said he's been bad. Up. It's been really bad. So
1: Yeah, really bad. Yep, I agree. Yeah. All right. Anything else before we wrap it up? No, I think that's about it. What do you think?
0: No, I just um, I think on the baseball front that was about it. The only other thing I wanted to mention, one last note, uh, you know, our good buddy John Warner, uh, longtime listener of our podcast, uh, really since day one, he's going to be putting on uh, his uh, uh, annual uh, memorial golf outing honoring his dad.
1: Um, We're going to take it down this year, I think. Mm. I'm taking it. Are I'm you it?
0: You're gonna, oh, to have to, uh, you're gonna have to uh, uh, tear it away from, uh, from my four, because um, um, you know, we're we're coming in and uh, ready to uh, defend the title. We got to, we had to uh, change out one guy, but um, uh, you know, I just, I wanted to say, I mean, Mister Warner was, uh, he was a great guy,
1: great dude. Yep, absolutely. And, uh,
0: this outing is, um, I think it's in about its eleventh or twelfth year now, maybe. And
1: wow, has it been that long?
0: Yeah, it's. Um,
1: it would have been. I, like oh I, I think this is the or yeah that wow yeah that sounds right it would have been five. yeah but
0: it's it's a it's a terrific way to remember him and i know like uh, proceeds from this go to some scholarships for local students and i mean it's really one of my favorite events of the summer and uh, i'm really glad we're gonna be part of it again
1: yep absolutely i'm actually uh every year as you know i also do an august um I do a bike ride, and usually I, I do it to raise money for the cancer hospital, Ohio State. I've done it for six years now. And usually it's the week before the Warner thing. Well, this year I'm getting married next week, so Warner graciously moved his tournament up a week, which means I will be in Columbus Saturday morning riding my bike 25 miles, then driving up to Cleveland to get in the golf tournament. Are you so really? I, been- I will have a action-packed saturday how early are you starting we start at like 7:30, so i should be done by 9 which i should then be able to get to my dad's house my dad lives like 10 minutes from Pain'sville country club so i should then be able to get to my dad's house by like noon quickly shower in about 5 10 minutes then get over to the country club i'm gonna be cutting it close i might need to have one of those cart girls take me to the second hole or something <laughs> like that but yeah I'm gonna be uh, hauling ass to get out there just
0: just keep pedaling your bike right down that's the it. fairway
1: that's it I'm just gonna come all the way up <laughs> just go straight up 71 and don't stop
0: yeah that is uh, that's an aggressive play I did not realize you were doing both this weekend so
1: yeah I, I've been do- I've done that event every year and I thought right. about putting it off I thought about skipping it this year to just to do the golf thing but um I don't know. I really like doing it. It's A big event. Uh, I get really into it every year, um, so I didn't want to skip one. I'm riding it out again. Oh, wow, good stuff. That uh, yeah.
0: You will sleep like a champ on Saturday night. And
1: somehow, this will not be my busiest weekend of August. <laughs> That's yeah. That's hey, an interesting one, isn't it? It,
0: it is. Have you uh, have you gotten any uh, response from uh, from Kesha yet?
1: Oh, so some shit. So when I when we were at uh, my bachelor party last week, and I don't know if you were around when I when I showed everyone this, um, Kesha was actually performing in Las Vegas while my fiance was out there. So she got to see Kesha, which is bullshit. But, but you then, guys,
0: uh, for the, those who are listening and don't know this, you guys are both like huge, huge fans Kesha
1: of fans. Huge Kesha fans. Team right. Kesha all the way. Absolutely. So we sent her an invitation thinking, you know, she hasn't done anything for a couple of years. She's not going to have shit to do. Well, last week she announced a tour and she will be in Cleveland the Tuesday before our wedding, mm. but is performing in Detroit the day of our wedding. Mm. So I tweeted at her, said, hey, can you flip the dates? And then after your show, come to our wedding. Didn't hear back. So. Ugh. That's, yeah yeah so that's that's a letdown but it is what it is still yeah. love her not we'll still we'll play some 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 of her jams in her honor
0: that'll ah, be a good time
1: absolutely looking forward to it
0: all right my man well uh I think we'll uh we'll put a bow on this one and um head to the outing and uh you know you could pedal your way there on the bike and it'll uh beautiful be a good time so sounds uh,
1: good man I will see you uh I will see you Saturday.
0: Sounds good. All right. Uh, For Travis Julius, this is Tom Valentino. Let's put the nail in the coffin, and we will talk to you again soon.